Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. And uh, we are discussing uh, the subject of doubt on Sunday morning right now. And uh, we talked about last Sunday morning about the doubt sower, how the devil tries to sow doubt in our lives. This morning, I want to talk to you about tainted faith, tainted faith. Mark chapter 9, we're going to read several verses. If you got your Bible with you, go ahead and go there. Mark chapter 9, thank God for the Word. And I think, let's just begin at verse 14. It says, when He, that's Jesus, came unto His disciples, He saw a great multitude about them, and, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, they were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he said, uh, and he asked the scribes, what question you with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, you know, I brought to you my son, which has a dumb or a mute spirit. And wherever he taketh him, he tears him and he foameth and he gnashes with his teeth and he pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and, and they could not. And he answered him and said, How long? And he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. And he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, said, How long is it ago since this came unto him? He said, Of a child. And oftentimes it's cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Now I want to, you know, this, this man, before we read any further, I want to make some comments here. This man, he put it on Jesus. For, the man, for his son's deliverance. He said, if you can do anything, uh, have compassion and help. Did you notice Jesus didn't take that responsibility? He said, if you can believe. It's not what I can do. It's what you believe. If you can, if you can believe, all things are possible. You, it, how many believe that's probably still true, true in 2022? Man, it's not, the way you hear some Christians talk, you wouldn't believe it. I'm not talking about you, so cheer up. But some Christians, right? Amen. You know, because they just don't, they just act like God's, you know, He's quit doing anything, you know. But notice verse 23. I love this father. I mean, he's just so honest. And straightway the father of the child cried out and he said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people come running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou deaf and dumb spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. This, this father, this father, he told Jesus, he said, Lord, I do believe. I do believe that you have the ability to deliver my son. I do believe that you, you, you're willing to deliver my son. But I'm struggling with some unbelief. In other words, my faith is tainted a little bit. And I need some help. Well, aren't you glad Jesus didn't say, well, just grow up? 
He, he, he helped the man. I, I think one thing that goes a long ways with God is just blunt honesty. You know? Because he already knows anyway. And so, you know, one of the things that you'll learn in serving God and staying free and staying delivered is, you, man, you got to be open. you got to be honest. Amen. you got to be clean about everything. Amen. you gotta, you got to be clean about it. You know, I mean, God doesn't expect you to be perfect, but he wants you to just be honest, man. Amen. You can't be like the guy that these guys were out witnessing one night and they found this guy passed out in the alley. And so, you know, they, they wake him up and they say, we're going to pray for you. He goes, oh, man, don't tell God I'm drunk. Tell him I'm sick. I mean, God already knew, right? You know, God, you know sometimes we want to call it our problem. I, I got this problem. I got this issue. How I many sometimes we got a, what's called a sin, Right. And I've always told people I've worked with in the church, I, I understand humanity. I understand flesh. I don't, have, I, don't, I don't condemn you at all. We're all overcoming still. Amen. And so uh, you, what I have a problem is, is when you're willing to let it stay. Amen. I mean, you know, a pig could get in your house if you leave the door. It depends on where you live at, I guess. But I've seen some places it would have been easy for a pig to get in there if you left the door open. Amen. That's another state side of Indiana, of course. But, you know, but leaving it in there. Amen. 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 You know, you, you, can't, you can't be. Well, with that one guy, Andy Griffith, had the chickens in his house, you know. Remember that guy, you know, that old guy? Anyway, uh, you, can't, you don't have to. You, you see, th th things can. It's like Brother Hagin used to say, you know, he said, bird can fly over your head, but don't let it build a nest on top of it. So I understand people have problems. I understand people have issues. I, I understand this man here, he had an issue. He said, I, I, I believe. It's not that I don't believe. It's not that I don't have any faith. He said, but, but I'm struggling with some unbelief. There's, there's some tainting here. And so we're going to talk about that, how a lot of times we think I just need more faith. And most, most people that, that are at this church, maybe all people at this church, I don't know, probably have enough faith to see any kind of miracle they could possibly need. But the problem is, help my unbelief, help my doubt, help me get pure faith. You know, if you took a glass of water and you poured just a little bit, you know, clear glass of water, and you poured just a little bit of grape Kool-Aid in it, how I many know it, it colors the whole thing, doesn't it? What do you think? You know, you came to my house and, you know, I've got this cake sitting on the counter, nice looking cake. I say, hey, you want a piece of cake? Yeah, Pastor, I'll take a piece of cake. Well, let me tell you a little bit about it before you take it. I think you probably ought to know this. You know, when I was baking it, you know, when I was making it, I had to mix, all mixed up in the bowl, and I poured it in the pan, you know, and all that liquid, whatever you call it, batter, batter, you know. And a cockroach climbed over and got in the corner piece over here, and I couldn't get him out, so I just poked him down in there. He's in there, <laughs> but he, he's only in the corner piece. He didn't go to, how many want any cake? But he's not. He's just right there. He's just right in the corner. I know where he's at. So we'll, we'll cut that out and throw it in the trash can. We'll eat the rest of it. Anybody want any of my cake? Jordan does. Were you in the Marines, brother? All right. Help me understand what I'm talking about. See, what? It just seemed like it changed the whole thing, doesn't it? See, And that's what this, that's what this man's saying. He said, he said Lord, I've got, I've, I believe. I believe he's telling the truth. I believe. I really believe. 
But see, he had seen some failure. No, no doubt he's lived with his son and he's seen all these manifestations and he's seen all this. And, uh, you know, maybe he's got on the Internet and explored everything he could think about with his son. That was a joke. He didn't have the Internet back then. But you know what I'm saying? See, he, he's seen all this. He's lived with this. Now he's finally thinks, maybe I can get some help from my son and he comes to Jesus' disciples, and because of their, their tainted faith, it wasn't that they didn't have power. Remember, Jesus told them in, in, in Mark 10, or Matthew 10 it might have been, and maybe Luke 9, He said, I give you power over all demons, evil spirits, sickness, and disease. Right? Didn't He say that? Well, right here they couldn't do anything. Well, why? Because some way or another they allowed their faith to get tainted. When they didn't have power, when they didn't have the faith... It was tainted faith, and it wasn't in its pure form. And so this is what this man's saying to Jesus. He's saying, look, I, I, I believe, I really do believe, Lord. He said, help my unbelief. I'm so glad the Lord helped him, don't you? Aren't you? I mean, see, now let's go to, let's go to another story like this. Let's go to Matthew. We may not look any more scriptures today. I don't know. But let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Go there. And I, I use this scripture a lot in my ministry because there's a lot of truth in it. It's about Peter walking on the water. Not very many people get to do that, you know. Matter of fact, I've only known it too. Jesus and Peter. Amen. So let's go there to uh, Matthew 14. So verse, uh, verse uh, let me see where we're going. Well, we're going, to read, we're going to read a lot of scripture again. Is this all right? Verse 22, straightway, Matthew 14, 22, straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him on the other side while he sent the multitudes away. See, I mean, he's just flowing in the will of God here, right? See, Jesus said, I do what I see my father do. And when he sent the multitudes away, he went up upon a, upon a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now, you know, I was reading this one Sunday morning, Phyllis and I, as far as pastoring, uh, I was traveling to the church to go preach. And normally I like, I like to drive. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know why I'm just, you know, I like to drive. I like to be in charge of the bus. And so, you know, now, you know, uh, I will ride with people, you know, but, you know, if it's my vehicle, get out of my driver's seat. I'm driving it. All right. So and so but some some reason I let Phyllis drive that morning and uh, you think I'm bad. Um, <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> She's not the one running all these red lights in town and having people honk at her and, and other things. But she was driving, and I, because I, I wanted to meditate on this scripture. I was preaching all those scripture. I was preaching right out of the scripture, you know. And so we're driving to this church in Illinois, and... Uh, She's driving, and I'm, in, and I'm in, and I don't know why this seemed like a big, deep revelation to me. It's probably not to you, but it just dawned on me. Jesus just sent his right away. How's he going to get to the other side? And I thought, now, every good preacher knows, always have a ride prepared for after church in case the sermon doesn't go well. You know, in case you say some things that really arouses people's anger, you want to be able to get out. That's why I park in the front. <laughs> Amen. How many, how many understand Jesus knew this? Look, hey, this is what God wants me to do. Uh, whatever the future holds, He's going to take care of it. 
Amen? See, I think sometimes we plan too far out ahead and we get an unbelief. We try to have, and if you're analytical, a lot of times that's just, you got, you got to overcome that. That's just who you naturally are. I'm kind of naturally that way. If you were to look at my calendar, you would see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I know what I'm going to do Sunday. I'm going to come and preach. I know what I'm going to do Wednesday night or if I have another service or something like that. But, the, but in those columns, I will have listed down through those columns. This is what I'm doing on these days. This is what, that's, that's my way. And do not die on one of those days unless you let me know and I can get you put in there <laughs> to do your funeral. And so I'm kind of that way. So I have to overcome that because I know that's not necessarily the will of God. Amen. You know, doing this on Tuesday may not be God's will. He may have something else. And he doesn't tell you days ahead of time. Sometimes he tells you right before it happens. And so, you know, I have to learn that, okay, this is my plan, but it's subject to change. Amen. So you can be, you know, you can be analytical and maybe that's who you are, uh, but don't let it get in the way of God. Amen. And so Jesus, you know, I mean, he's not scatterbrained here. He didn't just go, oh, my gosh, I just sent my right away. I mean, he, he knew the Father would get him to the other side. Amen. Amen. And so um, verse 24, the Bible says, But the ship or the boat was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. So no boats there, nobody's around. Jesus just steps out. Praise God. Why did he do that? Because the father said, hey, here's a cool way to get over there. This will freak your disciples out. And the Bible says, and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. Now, see, they, they, see even though these guys are, you know, they're following Jesus, they still, they still got a lot of carnality about them. They're not totally sanctified yet. Prove that Peter cut Malchus's right ear off. He's following the preacher of love. All right, so as you understand, see, what am I, what, why I'm saying that is because they had a belief, you know, that if you saw a spirit walking on the water of the nighttime, a fisherman, you saw a water spirit. They, they believed in water spirits. You saw one walking on the water, you were doomed. This was it. And so these guys are like freaked out. They're, they're in fear. And of course, even if you didn't believe that, and you're just out on the boat of the night fishing or trying to roll across it, and you see somebody walking on top of the water, it's going to do something to you. How often do you see that? I mean, I'd freak out if I saw somebody walking across the swimming pool. But here they are out here. And, and verse 27 says, Straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be a good cheer. It's I. Be not afraid. That's almost funny when you think about it. This is a pretty radical thing going on. Jesus hey, guys, be, be cheerful. It's just me. We do this all the time. No, Peter answered and said unto him, Lord, if it be you, bid me come unto you on the water. Now, what's he going to say? It's not me. Don't get out. He said, come. How many know come? In my Bible, the word comes in red. That means Jesus spoke it. That means this is the word of God. 
And when, he was, and when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now let me ask you, does it take any faith to do this? I said, does it take any faith? Do you do this? I don't either. So I was like, all right, how much faith this guy got? I mean, sometimes we look at him and say, you know, he sunk. Well, he did. I'm going to tell you why here in just a minute. But it, it took some faith to get out. I mean, the storm. I mean, look, man, I'm telling you, this is this bad storm going on here. And uh, he steps out in the middle of it. Man, it took some faith to do that. Amen. Yeah. But notice verse uh, uh, 30. But when he saw, everybody say, he saw. What did he see? What did he see? The wind, boisterous. How I many know we're supposed to walk by faith, not by sight? It's easy to preach from here, but he's living it, right? <laughs> he saw the wind boisterous. He was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. I still don't understand how you begin to sink. Nobody steps off the edge of a pool and begins to sink. You don't do that. You don't step off the edge of the pool and you wave at your friends. I'm beginning to sink. You don't have time. You're gone. But what happened was, I believe this, because of his faith, because of the faith that was present, it kept the water firm and he just slowly started going down. He didn't just whoop. He started slowly going down, see. He started slowly sinking, see. And so immediately, verse 31, Jesus stretched forth his hand. He caught him and he said to him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? He didn't say he didn't have any faith. He said he had little faith. Now, we think the little faith sunk him, but wait a minute, wait a minute. See, there's one translation. Some translations don't get this right. One, there's one translation where Jesus said that disciples asked him, said, why couldn't we do this? He said, because of your unbelief. And I think as the NIV says, because of the littleness of your faith. No, it doesn't say that. It's a ter terrible translation. It says unbelief. There's a big difference. Why are you making such a big difference out? Because Peter had little faith. Jesus said, oh, thou of little faith. He didn't say no faith. He said little faith. Why'd you doubt? Jesus is the one that said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou planted in the sea. And it would obey you. If you just had just a little bit of faith, as long as it's pure, as long as it's not tainted, as long as it doesn't have a cockroach in the corner. It's pure faith. It's not tainted faith. Now, what happened to Peter? Well, what Peter saw tainted his faith. What he saw. See, one of the things I think that believers make a mistake, I'm not saying that you can't do this. I'm just saying you better be watchful of it. Believers have problems and then they search on the Internet all about their problem. And they get all the bad news about it. And that starts to taint their faith. Are you listening now? I'm not telling you you can't do that. I'm just saying you better be careful with it. Amen. Are you listening now? See, and you learn things that, you know, that, that what happens, see, that doubt, unbelief starts to taint our faith. We start, we start, we start looking and, at the negative about, you know, our situation, or maybe we read reports about it. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? We, we, start, we start hearing things and then doubt and unbelief starts to come in, starts to taint our faith. We had faith until we found out that. 
Isn't it amazing how easy it is for some people to believe for God to heal you of a headache, but if you got cancer, well, oh my gosh. Have you know, the waves didn't have anything to do with Peter walking on the water. No waves, no walking on the water. Great waves, no walking on the water unless you have the power of God. So waves aren't the issue here. But if you allow the waves to, put, uh, to taint your faith and put unbelief or doubt in you, it'll sink you. You still had the faith. You just let the faith get tainted. Brother Greg and I were doing this podcast together, his podcast, uh, last week. We were doing something. And he said something that was really good. He prayed for a woman. Now listen to this. This woman is in a wheelchair. She weighs 54 pounds. Or is it 59 pounds? In the 50s, either way, 54, 59, that's bad. And she, she's got Lou Gehrig's disease, all right? She's, she's on hospice, which he didn't even know. He's smarter than this, guys. I've taught him a lot in the last three years, I'm telling you. I've really helped him a lot. <laughs> Shelby's helped him, too. And Terry just gave up. Well, he, did. <laughs> he didn't even know what hospice was. He didn't know. You know, hospice is, you know, thank God for hospice. What they try to do is keep people comfortable while you're dying. They don't try to fix you because you're too far. He didn't know that. He prayed for this woman and she was healed. Now, later on, he said, I found out, she, you know, what hospice was. And then he said, I found out she only had three, they only gave her three to five days to live. He said, I'm glad I didn't know that when I prayed for her. I thought that is just honest. That's honest. That's honest. That's just being honest. Some things are better not even known. Because why? They'll get in there and taint your faith. You got faith, but you start reading this negative stuff and it starts tainting it. You know, you start letting that other stuff enter in. See, So sometimes it's just, it's just better just not to know some things. Amen. See, one disease is not any more difficult for God to heal than another disease. But what happens is we allow, because of the bigness of the disease, we allow our faith to get tainted with unbelief. And it's just like Peter. Peter had faith. Amen. He, oh, thou of little faith, why'd you doubt? Why'd you let your little faith get tainted? But Jesus, just, Jesus said you didn't have to have a... You didn't have to be this great faith giant. He said, if you've got a mustard seed, man, you've got enough to move a mountain. Well, I'm sure if you can do that, I'll take care of your problem. As long as we don't doubt. As long as we don't let unbelief get in through what we see or hear or what someone tells us about it. Amen. See, once again, I'm not saying you can't, you can't maybe find out about your problem, but I'm just really cautious, be, tell you, be cautious about that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe if you're looking for things that you could do in the natural to help it, yeah, I, maybe so, but I'd just be real watchful about that. I just believe I'd just find out what God said about sickness and disease and just stick with that. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, all the stuff that we get fed to, this is information generation, have you know that? I mean, you can find out anything. I mean, you don't have to give directions to people any longer. Their phone knows where to go. You can't always trust it. We were meeting the pastors at a restaurant to eat. One time, Phyllis and I, we, we all said, well, we'll meet halfway. It was the Evelines. They were in Louisville area. We were in Evansville. Let's just kind of meet halfway and let's have lunch. 
And so there's a restaurant, you know, in Leavenworth, you know. And so we, I, I forgot where he's at. I've been by it a time or two, but I forgot where he's at. So I used my GPS. Three times it took us to a junkyard. Three times. Phyllis said, I'm not eating here. <laughs> I finally had to call Pastor, Pastor Eveline and say, well, where's this place at, man? We're trying to find it, you know. And, um, well, you know, see, there's all kinds of information. And let me just say something to you. Just because somebody has all kinds of initials behind their name doesn't mean they really know what they're talking about. You got to know that. Well, because you'll hear people say, well, I, I, I found it online. I found it on the Internet. It's got to be true, Pastor. Did you know a human being puts that on there? There's not some all-knowing God, PC God somewhere that knows everything. It's people. And did you know sometimes they put false information on there? Do you know sometimes there's fake news? And it was there before President Trump came along. He just had the guts to point it out. But anyway, we, we have to understand, we got to watch that we don't, let this, we don't let things taint our faith. We don't just like, we read all the bad stuff or we pay attention to that. Sure, sure, man, I'm not saying that we have to isolate ourselves and never hear any bad negative things, but you can't get your focus on that. You can't get your eyes on that. Are you with me now? Remember, remember what the Bible said about Abraham? said he considered not his own body, now dead, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. You know, when the Bible looks at you and said, man, you're just about dead. You're in bad shape. You're old. I always like that scripture. I don't know if I like it or not, but always, it's amusing me. That scripture in Joshua where God talks to Joshua about winding this thing up, getting all the land. He said, you are, you are old and well-stricken in years. I mean, when the Ancient of Days tells you you're old... It's time to take some Geritol. For those of you over 50 that know what that is. How many remember Lawrence Walk? And the Linen Sisters? They always advertised Geritol. It, was something, it might have been liquid in those days. I don't remember. Pills or something. But Pastor Chuck still takes it. He puts it in his Mountain Dew. You understand what I'm talking about. You cannot, you cannot get your... See, Abraham, it wasn't like Abraham couldn't see in the mirror. It's like he couldn't see that Sarah is like 90 years old. Right? But he, can, he didn't consider it. He didn't focus on that. He didn't let that be... He focused on what was said by God. So shall thy seed be. See, that's where he put his focus. Not on Sarah. Right? Not on himself, but on what God said. Peter, the problem with Peter, he got his focus off of Jesus and got his focus on the waves. And doubt got, got in there. Because Jesus was doing it with the waves bad, so it could be done with bad waves, you know. I mean, it could be done, you know. I, it just still amuses me that how... I, you know, it's easy to analyze Peter because we read about it and he made the dumb mistake for all of us to read it. Aren't you glad when somebody else screws up so you can learn from them? I just want you, you screw up and I'll watch you and I won't do it that way. But Peter, Peter it is amazing. You know, it's like, what does waves have to do with it? 
You can't do this on calm days. And you're looking at Jesus. He's doing it. Doesn't seem to be bothering him. Amen. But it's, our, it's the pureness of our faith. That's what, that's what matters in receiving. It's the pureness of our faith. Amen. Come on, are you all awake this morning? All right, let's go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Remember what James said in James 1? He said, you know, if anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God uh, and let him, you know, who gives liberally. See, it isn't, it isn't a God-giving problem. Come on, are you with me now? He gives liberty to all men and upbraids not. He doesn't find fault with you. He could, <laughs> but he doesn't. Uh, God is so gracious and so good. He overlooks a lot of things. You know what I'm saying? You ever had your grandkids bring you something, man, they collared? I mean, you could find a lot of faults if you wanted to. Amen. I don't know why I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about our first granddaughter, Jordan, one time went to, was going to preschool, I think. And she came home, comes home with this silhouette she's drawn of herself, right? It was of herself. And so she tells Phyllis, I'm going to give it to Grandpa. And Phyllis goes, no, I, I, you probably should give that to your mom. No, no, I'm going to give it to Grandpa. She was like that, you know. She, she, she was a lot more punchy when she was little than she is now. She's really sweet now. Uh, she was sweet then, too, but, she, you know, she, you didn't tell her no and, and, unless uh, she just knew. All right, that's what I'm trying to say. She just, she just was confident. And uh, she's, Phyllis goes, no, mate, your mom might want to. No, I'm giving it to Grandpa. The teacher said it's Grandpa's Day. <laughs> Phyllis, Grandpa's Day? I didn't know it was a Grandpa's Day. It was Groundhog's Day. <laughs> that's why the silhouette of herself I still got that picture. I still have it. Yeah, absolutely. I still got some little things where they called me Valentine's, you know, even in my desk, you know, where they stuck them under the door, you know, the office and stuff, something like that. But you could go in there and you could look at their picture. You could, you could critique them because they're not perfect. But you don't. Why? Because you have some grace about you. Isn't God good? I mean, if he wants to find something wrong with you, don't, don't think he has to look real far. Isn't like God's going to have to spend the night searching. I mean, he can find something wrong with all of us, right? But he overlooks it, thank God. Amen. I'm not saying he just winks at Sam, but he's, he overlooks at some things. And he says, if you ask me for wisdom, I'll give it to you. But, let, but here's, here's something I cannot overlook, because this is spiritual law. Let him ask in faith with no wavering, no doubting, for he that doubts like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now what does double-minded mean? Double-minded means to have two opinions about it. You think it could be one way, could be another. Just like Peter, he's out there walking on the water. He sees the waves. He thinks, I could sink here. Got two opinions about it. But Jesus' opinion was, come, you're not going to sink. But he got out there, he thought, well, I could sink right here. And so he got double-minded, and when he got double-minded, he had two opinions about it. You know, double-minded just means two opinions. You, you, you think it could be one or two outcomes. It's not that you don't believe that there's no faith. No faith just says, ah, that's not going to happen. But double-minded means, well, it might. I mean, God's able, and I know he's willing to do this, and it might happen, but, you know, I don't know. That's, that's doubt, see. That's down. Now, Jesus said something as we close out. Did you get something today? 
Mark chapter 11. Let's go there. It's a very familiar scripture to us, Mark 11. And let's, uh, let's just read this. We, we'll probably close right here. Mark 11. <clears throat> Jesus said in verse 20, well, let, let's just, well, let's go to verse 20. Uh, and the word says, and in the morning they, they saw, when they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. <clears throat> you know, that's the way God does things. He kills it from the roots, which means you don't see it dead at the fruits until later. Amen. We went to buy a tree. I told you the story before, but, but it just serves the, the purpose of what I'm preaching on. We went to buy a tree one time. We're tree people. We're not tree huggers, but we like trees. You know, we don't chain ourselves to trees. Somebody's going to cut one down. Just cut it down. Just aim it towards your house. Don't be like this video I saw. These, these old rednecks, man, this is true. This is, I'm not making this up. I saw it. These old rednecks one Sunday morning, it's one Sunday afternoon. I'm so opposed they're in there watching football or something and got a bright idea. They were going to cut the tree down by the garage. You know, they'd had a few too many beers. This is really true. I saw this. And so they come out there, you know, and Bubba goes, man, that tree's messy. I, well, cut that tree down, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's like a good idea, man. We'll cut that tree down. Hold my beer, Bubba, while I get my chainsaw. So this guy, he, and all of a sudden, his friend's going, wait, 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 wait. Next thing you see, the, the tree falls and lands right on his Dodge four-wheel drive truck. It's a bad day for Bubba and Jeff, I'm telling you. How did I get off on that? Huh? That was a good story, praise God. The tree. Yeah, that's right. We were, we're tree people. We like trees, man. I told my neighbor, I said, man, y'all going to be cussing me. When all my trees get big because, you know, some of them don't plant any trees or they plant these little wannabe trees, you know. Tree thinks it's a tree, then you're never going to be a tree. It's a shrub. And uh, but we planted some trees, man. I mean, like I, I don't have a big lot, but I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. How many trees? Eight trees. And thinking about more. And now some of them are like 20, 20, 25 feet tall in the back, you know. And the, and all those leaves, man. You know, they're you know what I'm saying. They don't stay in your yard. They blow over in your neighbor's yard. I said, man, some of y'all are going to be cussing me someday, you know. I don't cuss back. Now listen now, we were looking at this tree to buy this tree, and this guy, you know, they were in these pots, you know what I'm saying, the, the, the black pots, you know. And they, but these guys, they were kind of smart. They had dug holes in the ground, set the pots inside the hose so that they, the wind didn't blow them over, you know. So they're, they're, they're in there. And one of them had gotten pretty big, you know. And so, man, we want that tree, you know. And so this guy, the, the landscape place, and he's like, man, this tree, he's trying to get it out, you know, and it's not, it's not moving too much. And so he just keeps going like this. And all of a sudden we hear pop. That didn't sound good. And he told me, he said, look, he said, I'll tell you what. He said, um, I don't know what that was for sure, whether that was important or not. That's the guys for you. I don't know if that was important. Probably wasn't important. You know, you know how we guys are. You know, the couch falls off while we're moving. That probably wasn't important. <clears throat> Let's keep going. And so he goes, I don't know. He said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you 40% off that tree if you want it. And I said, no, I don't want it. Uh -uh. A dead tree isn't worth 40% off. And so I thought, no, I'm going to take it. So we waited a few days, drove by there. And man, all the leaves has wilted on that tree, man. He, he, that root, what, whatever popped was important. Amen. He killed the tree. 
Well, Jesus spoke. He said, no man eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And that tree began to die. You couldn't see it, but the moment he spoke it, it began to die. See, when we believe God, we can't necessarily see things immediately, but the moment we believe, things begin to change. Amen. Notice this, Peter calling, verse 21, verse 21, Peter calling to remember, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God. I love my cross-reference. This is a Cambridge Bible. And it says, have the faith of God. Everybody say that. Have the faith of God. Why is it important? Because Jesus, He's not just talking about having faith in God. He is talking about that. But He's getting ready to explain how the faith of God works. How it does it. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, truly I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mount. See, everybody say, have the faith of God. Jesus is telling us how the faith of God works. Here's how it works. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say unto you, what things have you desire? When you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. What is Jesus saying? He's saying, look, the faith of God is pure. It doesn't have doubt. And if you operate the faith of God and you say something, you know it has to be according to God's Word. We know that, right? How many know faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by what? See, we were, we were uh, us people that teach on faith and so forth, we've been, we've been, we've been called all kinds of things, we've, things that have been said about us. It's not what we teach or anything whatsoever. You know, they called us name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Come on. I went through all that, you know, you know, name calling and all that. You're just one of those blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. Well, you're one of those doubt and do without. <laughs> the thing of it is, is we don't, we don't name, God named what's ours. The only thing we can claim is what he said was ours. And if you don't claim it, who's going to do it? Remember unclaimed freight? Somebody didn't claim it, and you got it for pennies on the dollar. Amen. Yeah, amen. Desk guy, he used to have a nice wood top desk, you know, because um, somebody, you know, made by Kimball Office Furniture, got it for $125. What happened to it? I don't know. Somebody didn't claim it or what? Phyllis sold it to me. How'd she sell it? Well, she worked for Kimball. And they told her, said, get rid of this furniture. You know, it's just sitting here. Get rid of it. I mean, nice office furniture. The desk was worth a thousand some odd dollars. This is years ago. At that time, it's probably worth $1,500. I mean, that would be probably, yeah, Brother Teach has it now. Uh, it's, it's probably worth, it probably in the day, $5,000 in today's uh, money. It was that nice of a desk. And, uh, but somebody didn't claim it, man. It's just sitting there. And they finally told her, because she was, she was like an export coordinator for them. They said, fine, told her, just sell it, just get rid of it. So she sold her old hubby a desk for $125. <laughs> yeah, our kitchen table, man, it's nice. Solid wood, man, nice. It's got some nicks and dings in it now, but it's old. Yeah, that's character. You know, nice, six, six you know, chairs, you know, leaf and all. We gave 100 bucks for it because one of our friends worked for a shipping company, and it's just sitting in there, nobody claimed it. And he said, you want it? I said, yeah. 
And, you know, he said, I said, how much do you want? He said, you can have it for 100 bucks. They just told me to get rid of it. I'll take it. Matter of fact, I, took and, I would have taken 12 if you had them because it's worth a lot of more money. You know, and then it got some dings and nicks into it. I wanted my money back. <laughs> I said, hey, man, this, I want my money back on this desk. All right, let's finish out. Well, what does Jesus say? If you doubt not. Everybody say, doubt not. What's, what's the situation? Well, the situation is Jesus is just simply saying, look, the faith of God works like this. It believes and it doesn't, it doesn't allow itself to be tainted. It stays pure. Amen? See, Paul said, lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Jesus, as I close out and then we'll let you go. Jesus said this. He said, and the, and the King James really nails it too. It says, Neither be ye of a doubtful mind. I was studying that. Well, in my cross-reference on this Bible, this Bible's got a little bit of cross-reference. And where it said doubtful mind, it said suspense-filled. Or no, no, it said live not in careful suspense. Now, about doubtful mind. Jesus said, don't be of a doubtful mind. Don't have a suspense-filled mind. You know what a suspense-filled mind is? It's a mind that doesn't know how it's going to turn out. Now, we, we like to watch older movies, Phyllis and I. You know, if it's, if it's in color, it's questionable. We've just learned that mostly till you get to the 50s, till you hit the 60s, it's pretty clean. You hit the 60s, it gets a little iffy. You hit the 70s and it gets worse. You hit the 80s and it gets worse. You go to 2022 and it does. The plot doesn't even make sense. It's just foolishness. But we like this one movie. It's a suspense movie. It's called Charade. There's a lot of famous stars in it. Audrey Hepburn's in it. Cary Grant's in it. Of course, a lot of you younger people, I never heard of those people. Well, I never heard of your people either. <laughs> you know, I talk about well, this famous singer. I never heard of them. Well, I never heard your name. So anyway, and uh, Lee Marvin's in it. And... Uh, George Kennedy's in it, and uh, the, the gist of it is this, you know, these guys were in World War II, and some way or another they came up with $250,000 worth of gold, and uh, they hid it, so they go back and get it after the war. I don't remember, it belonged to the Germans maybe or something, but they're supposed to give it to the U.S. government. You know, the government wants their, they want their cut, you know what I'm saying, Right? You know, like Jay Leno said, he said, you know, uh, what the IRS looks for is red flags. If you don't have any red flags, you're good. You know, like a red flag, you know, like a red flag would be. If you have any money left in your account after paying taxes, that's a red flag. <laughs> They'll investigate that. And so these guys were supposed to give this money back to the, you don't mind, I'm just telling a story here. They were supposed to give the money back to the, you know, they're supposed to give it to the U.S. government. But they hit it, you know. And after the war was over, you know, one guy had it. He had it, and they're trying to get it back. They're trying to get it back. All these other guys try to get their part, you know. So one by one, they start disappearing. They start being killed. The guys get killed off, and they're like, the guy that has the money, you know, he's, he's killing these people off to keep them from getting them and so forth. And, and I may be messing this up somewhat, but maybe I shouldn't tell you the, how it really turns out because it ruins the whole movie for me, but I'm going to anyway. Amen. So they're looking for this money, you know, and it's like, who is killing these people? Who is, who is killing these guys off? And it looks like it's Cary Grant. 
And I'm thinking, it can't be Cary Grant. We know Cary Grant. Phyllis and I have known him for years. He's a good guy. Can't be him. But it sure looked like him. We were susp- I mean, the first time you watch it, it's like suspense all the way through. And, you know, it ends up, it's Walter Matthau. The guy that's supposed to be working for the government, but he really wasn't. He was... And it turned out the $250,000, the guy had taken the money and bought $250,000 worth of priceless stamps. And they were looking for that money, and all along it was on the envelope. See, you don't need to watch the movie. I told you the whole thing. But my point was, all, I remember the first time I'm watching this movie, I'm thinking, who did it? Who did, who's doing this? It can't be Cary Grant. I know Cary Grant wouldn't do this. And it turned out, Walter Matthau. Now, probably the second time, I still probably didn't remember who did it. But now I know. Amen. But the suspense there. What is sus- you know what a suspense movie is? It keeps you in doubt, right? You don't know until the end. Jesus said, don't live your life that way. Don't live with doubt. Don't live in suspense. Know the outcome. Why? Because the outcome's written right here. Amen. The outcome's right here. See, you know, people are like, oh, we don't know. Now, listen, now, listen to me. I'm going to close right here, but now some, some, some people need to hear this now. People will say, well, we just don't know if it's God's will to do this or not. Well, how many know right here's His will? Get on this book and find out what He said. I've had people, I don't know whether God will heal me or not. Well, I know. Here's what I know. He's already paid the price for your healing. By His stripes, you're healed. So this isn't a question about what God will do. It's a matter about what, what you believe and you putting yourself in a position to receive. Amen. So, you know, it, it didn't matter that. Now, you know, not everybody, for whatever reasons, put themselves in a position to receive God's best. It's like Brother Hagin said, and I'll close right here again. He's praying for a guy, and, and the Lord just basically let him know, said, you know, he's going to die. He's going to die. Don't waste your time. Well, I think so. He's a young man. Why, why should I? He said, because he hasn't lived right. He's, he got born again 30 years ago. He hasn't lived right over two weeks at a time. The Lord told Brother Hagin, said, I healed, him, I, healed him of, I healed him of a broken back when he was living in adultery. Think about the mercy of God. Well, Brother Hagin didn't know any of this. This is what the Lord told him. He said, I healed him. He said, he said right now, he's ready to go. He said, it's the best time for him to go. He's just going to come home and be with me. Now, people say, well, that's the will of God. No, that guy chose that, that way. He chose to forfeit the best. It wasn't God. And, you know, the guy had six months to live. And the Lord said, he'll be dead in three days. Three days later, the guy was dead. Brother Hagin asked his sister about all those things the Lord said to him. She said, sure enough, that he was living with another woman and, and he had a back issue and God healed him of a back issue while he's living with another woman. He said he hadn't lived right over two weeks of time. He finally got right with God, got filled with the Holy Ghost. And, you know, God could see down the road that he's not going to live right. So it's best time for him to go. Just, I'm not going to heal him. Well, let me say that way. Let me say, let me say that different. That wasn't the right way to say it. He's not going to receive his healing. Anybody follow that? They say, well, see, it wasn't God's will to heal him. No, God's already, his will's already been revealed at Calvary. He already healed him at Calvary. That's just like saying somebody dies lost. Well, it wasn't God's will to save him. No, no, no. 
the price has already been paid for their salvation. They didn't receive it. Right? Does that make sense to you? Is they didn't receive it. They, it. It's already paid for. They just didn't receive it. Now, sometimes we've, you know, all of us have forfeited God's best sometime. I'm sure of that. But it wasn't because of Him. It's because of us. If you ever have to ask God, God, either I'm missing it or you are. That should be easy. Don't fail that test. It's, it's us, right? That's not for condemnation. We're human beings. We're still learning. Amen. Right? It's like one person told Glory Copeland one time, well, I've done everything I know to do. She said, well, you just don't know enough. Yeah. How many can believe that? Amen. You guys ever worked on something? You done everything you know to do? <laughs> you still didn't fix it? You know what the problem is? You don't know enough. You need to kick it. That's what I learned to do. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, no, I'm, I'm just rambling now. All right. Sermon's been over 10 minutes ago. I fixed a microwave for 20 years. I, you, some of you may still have it. It still may be going. But, man, our microwave quit. You know, in the days before, you know, they had over the oven microwaves, or, you know, over the stove microwaves, is this big old box you set on your counter. I mean, that thing, that thing you know, I would give you a hernia just moving it, you know. I mean, it's huge. Ours quit one day, you know. And, it, you know, we, we hadn't had it real long. It quit, you know. And so, you know, we lived in Jasper at the time. And, and uh, so that's been, it was like 1980-something, 86 to 87, the thing quit. So, you know, I'm going to fix it, you know. So I take the cover, the jacket off the thing, and I look at it and think, I ain't going any further. I don't think I can fix this. I don't even know what, it is. I don't even know what that is. So I put the jacket back on, plugged it in, and it worked. 20 years later, it, was, it used to be in the church here in the kitchen, and finally Phyllis gave it to somebody. Some of y'all may still be using it. We want it back. <laughs> we miss it. <laughs> that thing, I don't know what I did to it, but, you know, and I've learned, like, my computer, if, if, you, if you hit it a few times and you kick it, sometimes it fixes it. Amen. Most time it don't. I was beating on my computer one day in the office. You stone age piece of junk. And Phyllis walks by. You have what you say. <laughs> Stand up, everybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Yes. Amen. Amen. You don't want your faith tainted. How many know that? Now what, now, what am I saying to you? I'm saying, watch what you partake of. Watch what you, watch what you feed on. Watch what you listen to. It contains your faith. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.